This is Sylvia, and this is Out Loud a Gizmo, a saying my dad made up. This is a storytelling podcast where you will experience excitement, laughter, reality, and mind-blowing adventures. So this is the last chapters that Daddy wrote. I presented this book to him and to all of the relatives at his 80th birthday party. He couldn't write anymore, so he told me to do a recap of the rest of the story, which I'll do next week. So as you're listening to these last stories, please enjoy the music in the background. It's all Uncle Bill's piano music. I wanted to feature him today, and it's new mixes from his songs and some of the old mixes as well. Enjoy. Chapter 33. We used to go fishing a lot. We'd go with LB, Garrett and his family. He was the company truck driver. Our families would get together and go to Concho Lake in San Angelo to go fishing. Sometimes we'd go to Hubbard Lake and sometimes to other lakes. LB and I would put out trot lines and we'd get up and run trot lines nearly all night. We caught a lot of catfish. One time we went to Concho River out by Liesel and Clifton's. We had an old station wagon that we had parked just above the river. And it wouldn't start when we got ready to leave. I guess it must have had a bad battery. I'd get in it, we'd roll it down the hill, and it would nearly start. And then we'd push it back up the hill, and I'd get in it, and we'd roll it back down the hill. The next time we pushed it back up the hill, I said, this time if it don't start, I'm going to let it go off into the river. But, thank goodness, this time it started. We'd take vacations every summer. One summer we'd go to California and the next summer we'd go to Oklahoma. We traded our station wagon off and got us another car. I think it was a 1952 Buick. We drove it to California, to Norma Ruth's mother and dad's house. That's where all of her brothers and sisters met. That was their headquarters so to speak. We'd go to Disneyland and the beach and to the parks and just had all kinds of fun. On our way home we'd go to San Diego, where my brother Bill and sister Mary and their families lived. The next summer we'd go to Oklahoma and visit my sisters. Charlie Watkins and Bob Henry were fishermen, so we'd always go fishing. My sister Ruth and her husband Elmer moved to Oregon. Betty and Bob Henry moved to Carlsbad, New Mexico. That was pretty close to us in Odessa, so we'd go there a lot. Edward was fixin' to go into the Navy, so we made one last big trip to Oregon and California. We loaded up our Ford Fairlane 500. My dad came along, Papa, me, Norma Ruth, Edward, Andy, Brenda, and Sylvia were all in there. Just barely a place for each one of us to sit down, not very comfortable. We drove all day and all night. I got sleepy during the night. I couldn't hold my eyes open any longer. We were on a very high up two-way road in Oregon, and so I just pulled it over as far as I could to the edge, and laid down in the ditch, almost beside the car, and tried to sleep. The kids all woke up and said, what are we stopping for? I knew I couldn't sleep now, so I got up and started driving again. Anyway, it kind of woke me up a little bit, because it is kind of cool up there in them hills. We got to my sister Ruth's house in Cockwell, Oregon, 
which was right off of 101 Highway. We stayed there a day or two. Sue, their daughter, had a horse the girls could ride around on. All three of my girls got on that horse at the same time, and Sue was leading it. Edward and Wayne, their son, would go up in the hills and mess around. I think they even cut down a tree up there. Ruth said, you better not cut down those trees up there or we will get in trouble. We left and went to Riverside, California and visited there. The kids always liked to go to Grandma Alexander's house because she always had homemade ice cream in her deep freeze. I liked it too. Then we went to San Diego. I had to put a set of shocks on the car because the back end was almost touching the ground with all of that load in it. Chapter 34 Once, Grandpa Pickett, my dad, stayed with us in Odessa for a while. He was a good carpenter. He built a storage shed in the backyard, and he even built a bedroom onto the back of the house. That room was Edward's bedroom, at least, until he left for the Navy. And then it was Andy's room, and eventually it was Brenda's room. The kids all finished high school there at Odessa High School. In 1958, Edward joined the Navy. They sent him to San Diego to take his boot camp training. From there they shipped him to Millington, Tennessee. He took whatever other training they wanted to give him. He needed a car real bad. He had left his car at home. He had a 1954 Mercury, so we decided to take it to him. My dad went with us and our girls. Norma Ruth drove the Mercury, and I drove the Ford. It rained quite a bit on us on that trip. Anyway, we got the car to Edward. Then Edward went with us to my uncle Charlie Bohanning, my mama's brother, in Beech Grove, Arkansas, where I was born many years before. I hadn't seen him since 1927. This was 1960. We then went to Tom, Oklahoma, where I lived as a little boy. My dad wanted to go there because his sister, Aunt Bessie, and her kids lived there. We took Edward back to the base, and we stayed in a motel there. I think it was the first time that we stayed in a motel. Anyway, the next day we went to Wagoner, Oklahoma and visited my sisters, Virginia and Viva and their families. Chapter 35 After we got back to Odessa, Andy started dating Roger Cravens. They told us one day that they were going to a movie. But about the time she was supposed to be home, she called us. She said, we're in Carlsbad, New Mexico. I said, what are you doing there? She said, we got married. I said, don't be funny. She said, no, we really did get married. I said, when are you coming home? She said, well, we'll be home in the morning sometime. That sounds like a he said, she said story, doesn't it? They came home all right, but Roger didn't have a job. Of course, they were both only 18 years old. So, I gave Roger a job driving a delivery truck. They stayed with us until they moved into a little place. In August 1962, our first grandchild, Wesley Ray Cravens, was born. Roger got himself a job somewhere else. It didn't last too long though, because Roger had a drinking problem. They had a shaky marriage. I guess that's what makes gray hairs. Roger that. Anyway, they moved to Midland, and he got a job with the power company. One day while Andy was visiting in Odessa, her labor started, and her daughter, Denise Raylene Cravens was born in August 1964 in Odessa, Texas. Roger could have had a good life there in Midland at that job, but the same old thing happened. So, they didn't stay in Midland very long, and moved back to Odessa. Not long after they moved back to Odessa, Andy found out that Roger had been unfaithful to her. She couldn't take it anymore. 
So, Andy, Wesley and little baby Denise moved back home with us, and Andy got a divorce. In the meantime, we had bought a new home on Boulder in the silk-stocking part of town, so to speak. It had three bedrooms, two baths, and a two-car garage. It was a real nice house and we got it at a good price. Sylvia was still in high school, and she was dating Benny Booth. Brenda had graduated from Odessa High and was going to Odessa College. Edward finished his schooling in Millington, Tennessee, and the Navy moved him to San Diego, where they put him aboard a ship called the Bone Home Richard. This was during the Cuban crisis. He learned to be an electronic technician while he was on board the ship. Then they stationed him in Guam. While he was there, he went to a Baptist church. He met and became good friends with Don and Evelyn Pierce, the missionaries who ran the church. They were taking him home one night, after service, and a drunk driver in a Cadillac broadsided them. The Pierces and Edward were in a Volkswagen bug. Edward's leg was broken real bad. So, they had to ship him back to San Diego, to the hospital there. He stayed in the hospital for a very long time, in a cast from his ankles all the way to his chin almost. Norma Ruth went out there to be with him a while. She stayed with Mary and Cleo Sly, my sister and brother-in-law. Chapter 36 Shortly after Edward got well, he was discharged from the Navy. He went to college in Ontario, California. He met Sherry and Combs at the church he went to. She lived in Claremont, California. They got married in June 1966. We all went to the wedding. Wesley was the ring bearer. He was only about four years old. The wedding lasted quite a while, and Wesley got tired of holding the pillow with the rings on it, and he went up to the banister and put the pillow on it, and stood there playing with the ribbons dangling from it. Elvie and some of the other girls got tickled, and made some snickering noises, and it embarrassed them. The next year, Sylvia and Benny got married in June 1967. Benny had a good job, thank goodness. Ed and Shereen came out to Odessa for the wedding. Sometime after that, Ed and Shereen moved to Scottsdale, Arizona. They said that it was too smoggy in California. Anyway, that following August, Brenda and John Wood ran off to Mexico and got married. A short time later they got remarried at our house in America to make it legal. John didn't have a job, just like Roger, so that makes it unanimous. I put him to work at the shop. He learned to weld. Everybody liked his welding. He was good at it. He was just a kid. He didn't work at J&J &J very long. He worked at various jobs after that. He never had any problems getting a job. He could always talk his way into getting a job, but he didn't keep a job very long before he would get another one. Later, Brenda and John's first son, John Bluewood, was born in October 1968. Sylvia and Benny moved to Lubbock, so that Benny could go to Texas Tech University. In November 1968 their first son, Charles David Booth was born. Chapter 37 Jay and Jay Steele bought me a new pickup. I drove it home and Wesley wanted to go for a ride in it. Wesley was about four years old. I said, well, okay, but after we get through eating. Before we ate, Ruth looked out the window and saw a bunch of kids outside with their bicycle upside down, spinning the wheel. She went out and told them, you kids stop doing that. Somebody could get hurt if they put their hand in it. Well, Wesley got through eating before we did, so he went outside to play. We were finishing eating, and Ruth heard Wesley crying, and she looked out the kitchen window, and saw him running home. 
He was holding his hand and crying. Ruth went out and saw that his pointing finger on his right hand was cut off. It was just hanging on by the skin. It was bleeding all over the place. She wrapped it up real good. And we put him in the pickup and I said, Wesley, you're getting to go for a ride in the pickup, but just not the way you wanted to cause we're going to the doctor. We took him to the emergency room and they sewed his finger back on. He stayed in the hospital for a few days with a pin stuck in his finger holding it straight. Somebody had to stay with him all the time to make sure his hand stayed elevated. They weren't sure if it would grow back or not, but after three days, they let him go home. His finger grew back together. It was a little crooked, but they didn't do anything about it. Chapter 38 Andy decided she wanted to move to Arizona. Ruth and her took two cars to move there. Andy was loaded down with furniture and everything she could get in the cars. Ruth took our car, loaded also, and the kids each rode in one of the cars. Then they were on the way to Arizona. They found a mobile home for Andy to live in. Ruth paid down on it and they had it moved to a lot in Scottsdale off of Miller and 78th Street. It was just a block away from Ed and Shereen's house. There was a school close by for Wesley to go to. Andy got her a job the next week at a Chevrolet place close by. I caught a flight to Phoenix and drove Ruth back to Texas. I couldn't get time off to come with them earlier. Andy and the kids stayed in Arizona close to a year, I guess. John, Brenda and their baby, Blue, moved to Arizona around January 1969. And Benny, Sylvia and their baby, David, moved to Arizona a month later. They all lived with Ed and Shereen and Blackie, their dog, in a three-bedroom home, all at the same time. It was kind of crowded, and everyone seemed to have different work schedules. This lasted for a few months. In the meantime, we put our place up for sale. We decided we were going to move to Arizona. Edward had already paid down on a lot at Desert Sands in Mesa. So, we bought a mobile home and parked it in a mobile home park in Odessa for a while. We bought it unfurnished, so what we couldn't fit in it, or in storage, we sold. In the meantime, Andy, who was still in Arizona, and Ken Brown who lived in Odessa, were writing to each other. They decided to get married. So Andy and the kids moved back to Odessa. I remember Wesley saying, Grandpa, we moved here to Odessa, and now y'all are moving back there to Arizona. It made me feel bad. But the arrangements were already made, so we had to move. I had already given Jay and Jay Steele two weeks' notice. Curly Jones told me he had called the stockholders, Markle Steele in Houston. He told them to send a man to take my place. They sent one and I worked with him about a week, but I could tell that he was a man who liked to do things his own way. Anyway, all I got was $1,000 and a pat on the back, for 20 years of good service to them, no retirement. I talked to the guy we bought the mobile home from. He said he had a guy who would pull the mobile home to Arizona. He said that we'd have to take a lot of the stuff out first. So I bought a flatbed trailer to haul some of the furniture and the stuff we had in storage to Arizona. We left for Arizona the last part of August 1970. We had been in Arizona for two or three days and we hadn't heard from the man who was hauling the mobile home. Finally he called us and said that he was broken down at Bowie, about 250 miles from Mesa. He said he had too big of a load, and it had blown out about three tires on the trip. So I took my flatbed truck and went there, and took just about all of the furniture out of the mobile home. Another guy from Mesa went over there and got the mobile home, and brought it to Mesa, Arizona, and put it in the place that we had prepared for it at Desert Sands. 
then we put everything back in it and moved in. To be continued. I'm not going to add a whole lot to this, but uh, the to be continued is in his book. So that's uh, what we're going to do next week. I have recapped the rest of the story in my own words. And we'll also have a little surprise of something that Daddy loved to do all the time. And so stay tuned. We'll see you then next week. to hear all of the many different stories of my dad's life. Each chapter and episode will take you on adventures as he grows up. And don't forget to press subscribe or follow so you can come back and listen to the real-life stories because I want you to be able to envision his world through your ears. And goodness gracious, out loud a gizmo, you're in for a wonderful adventure. Bye-bye now. This podcast was hosted by Sylvia Gant. Thanks to my dad, Dave Pickett, for writing the stories. A special thanks to Uncle Bill Pickett for the piano music.